Welcome to the Nightly Rant. I'm Mike. And I'm Toria. This is the show where we talk about the awful things that have happened in our day, the awesome things that have happened in our day, and all the things in between. Thanks for listening, and we truly hope you enjoy. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend, Brian Little, and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So we had a really interesting, uh, what would you call her, elevator guest with us this morning? I don't know. I don't know. First off, this person hates us. She hates us. And we've talked about it before on the podcast. So I was super shocked that she didn't like immediately turn around and go down the stairs as soon as she saw that we were in the elevator already. I kind of thought that was going to happen too. In fact, she kind of hesitated a little bit when she was getting on the elevator. She's a lunatic. And then she's carrying all these bags. We get to the ground floor. She's like, like boogie in a way because she doesn't want to be anywhere near us. And she drops her shit in front of the mailboxes. She just puts it down. What the heck? We get closer, and there's a big old giant free sign on it. Yeah, so I took a peek, though, and it was loaded with, um, like, packages of pork rinds and, um, like, stuff that you'd see at a street vendor um, in front of the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Ain't nobody want this shit. Ain't nobody want it. So, you know, and then this is the person, though, who complains the loudest about everybody else around here. But for some reason, she's allowed to do what she did. And she doesn't see any. I mean, this is the same person. She has what we call we call a carport patio. She had her car parked like, my gosh, five feet into the driveway. And in front of her car, she had a, a rug on the ground, a couple of chairs, a table, some some potted plants. I mean, very, very odd person. Um, and she's. She's uh, got plants at the back of the building because her doctor gave her a note saying that it's therapeutic. I mean, it's a very interesting situation. But if any of us were to have a carport patio, leave pork rinds on the ground, or have plants where they don't belong, we would we, she would complain about it. So it's it's self entitlement. But that brings me to our guest today. We have a very special guest, um, Adapia Dorico. And Adapia has extensive leadership experience across multiple countries and cultures in both established and startup environments. She's currently vice president of strategy at Alpha Investing. She's a keynote speaker, author, and leadership facilitator, and she helps others develop their authority through authenticity. I love that. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I and I hope that the um, the self entitlement thing <laughs> wasn't referring to me. You're like, oh, self entitlement, and here's our guest. <laughs> no, in fact, it made me think of you because of the authenticity. I personally don't think people who are 
overly self-entitled or actually authentic. I think they're living in a alternative universe or something. I mean, it's all about them and that's it. Have you had any experiences with people like we just described? Oh my God. I had experiences with people like that at scale. Um, like we, like we talked about, um, you know, and the worst part is, is like when you're out to do something that is like meaningful to you and you've got like really good intentions and you're like, I'm actually a really good person and I want to help people. And, um, and then you come up against like a lot of people who prefer to blame you for their problems, um, that can be really hard. So, uh, I, you know, I did a, a public keynote and it got turned into a motivational video that went viral and a lot of people took offense and they became, um, very, very angry at me for having left my first marriage. And I was like, wow, dude, I don't even know you. <laughs> they were, you know, some people were really, really angry and blaming and saying all kinds of things about me. And, and it was just like the level of judgment that was coming out of them towards me or the video, because it's not really me. It's the video that they were angry about or the subject or the topic. But it, it really is like all about themselves and how they feel and nothing to do with like, well, maybe that person in the video was actually really unhappy. And this is a motivational story about living your own dream in your own life instead of living for someone else. But yeah, there's a there's a real problem out there with, with people who don't want to be self-responsible or accountable. And they're just like, oh, it's all you're the problem. Right. You're the problem, not me. Especially, especially in your story, when you get like people on the internet and they just like attack first and ask questions later. I mean, if one person would have asked you a question on why you'd made this video and what was your reason for doing what you did, it would have solved the entire problem because nobody would have been able to be mad. Right. No. And I know. and, And people did. Some people did. Some people were nice and I responded to people who were nice to me. Um, but I didn't feed the trolls for sure. I didn't, I didn't respond to any of that. I, I just deleted. I won't even look at the comments because it's so far gone. It was like a game of telephone. They were making up stories. They were filling in the blanks, like the stuff that got made up and got spread around like the rumor mill. And I was, I was really shocked. Yeah. I was really shocked because, um, you know, part of it too was like, man, people really should mind their own business right? Um, when it comes to like emotional things and like telling somebody else how to live their lives and how they're a horrible person. And, and when, the, when like, they don't know who I am and, and they can only see through their lens. And I think there's a lot of that and it's unfortunately modeled from the top. Um, and so we don't really have great role models to, show us a a better way to be a decent human being. So we have to do that for ourselves. Like that's that self-responsibility. Like you can be entitled or you can be responsible. Right. It's kind of a one or the other thing. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, like your story resonates with me because I was in a marriage that lasted 20 years and probably around year seven, I was done and ready to go. But I had two children at that point and you know, you do the whole, let's stay together for the children. Let's stay together for the children. And honestly, we did that really well. We raised kids together very well, but the rest of it was, it was just constant conflict. I was constantly unhappy, Uh, but I stuck it out 20 years. And I'm glad that I did because I have four kids now that are really amazing. But what happened was like my oldest son, you know, again, you know, done for 13 years, kind of over it. 
And so I filed for divorce. And then within a short period after the divorce was final, I moved, I moved on. I started dating somebody and he got very angry with me that, you know, how dare you move on? And I kept telling him, you can't, you can't understand where I'm coming from unless you experience it yourself. So he didn't get it. Fast forward, like, my gosh, seven or eight years. And here he is in a situation where he was dating this girl from when he was like 15 until he was 22. And he decided that it wasn't the right thing for him. And so he broke up with her and then immediately, like a week later, started dating this other girl. And so I asked him a question about it. I said, well, isn't that moving on kind of quick? And he said, well, you know, dad, I've known for like a year that um, this relationship was over. And I said, well, see, and I knew for 13 years that it was over. So maybe now you can understand why your dad was able to move on. But the, the, to kind of tie that into the self entitlement thing, it, it does come down to, I think people, I have a friend who says you can count on everybody to do one thing and one thing only. And, and he's not saying people only do one thing. He's saying, this is the thing you can 100% count on people to do. And that's think about themselves. And it's kind of sad when you think about it, but it's also kind of true, especially in today's society. It's, I don't, I don't want that statue to be there because it offends me personally. Meanwhile, no one else is offended by it, but they start this big campaign to get rid of a statue. Mm -hmm. Um, In your experience, Mm -hmm. you know, through business and life, like what, what do you think is the root cause of stuff like that? Oh, wow. Existential question. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big one. Um, Well, you know, it's like you said, like everybody thinks about themselves and yet there's this, this weird dichotomy of sorts where we're also told we're selfish if we think about ourselves. And so I think it gets distorted because fundamentally we should be thinking about ourselves um, because we're the only ones that can give ourselves what we truly, truly need. Like if, if I don't love myself, if I don't know myself, if I don't honor myself, then I'm going to project onto other people, all my displeasures, all my expectations. Like I'm going to expect somebody else to make me happy and to, and to like fill some kind of a void where really that's my own responsibility to fill because people who have that level of self-awareness and security don't take it out on a statue because they understand that it's something inside, like a self-aware person knows it's not about the statue. It's something that's going on with them, but they're literally projecting it out onto a statue. But we do that to people around us. And so, and we're told though, like if you do something for yourself, like you stayed for 13 years, like I stayed for nine and, and we tried, like you're putting in a good effort and there's, there's the right intention, right? It's like, what's your intention? Why are you doing it? But at the point when you're breaking down because you're unhappy and you just can't anymore, then how is that helping anybody else? So it's it's this like push and pull. But I find that for the most part, if people aren't willing to to look inside of themselves and really fundamentally understand who am I, what do I desire and how can I find that for myself and be responsible for myself, then they're naturally just going to project. And it comes out in distorted ways. It comes out as hate. It comes out as anger. It comes out as discontent. It comes out as all kinds of things that um, are far more easily perpetuated now with the internet as well. It's too easy to just like blast something out there and you can't take it back. Do you, um, do you think it's possible to think about yourself and not be self-entitled? A hundred percent. Oh my God. A hundred percent. 
Um, yes, it's so possible because when you're thinking about yourself and you, and you, the second piece of that is like giving yourself what you need. Like there's a level of compassion and like self-love to use like a, like a really, you know, maybe like new age term, if you will. But if, if you can like give yourself what you need, you're not self-entitled towards someone else because that self-entitlement is a form of anger and discontent. But if you're content with yourself, you are not discontent on the outside. Like it's a really natural occurrence where you become, you just chill out. And so you're not self-entitled. You kind of just, you know, you're just like, you do, you chill out and you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need you to make me good because I'm good. And it's not about anybody else. And yet you end up being kinder and gentler and you want to give more because you've given yourself what you need. Like it's a, it's a beautiful process when you get into it. What sounds to me though, like your second marriage basically fulfilled all of the things that your first marriage didn't fulfill. Does that sound correct? Yeah, it does. So, yeah. Uh, Cause that's how it is with Victoria and I, that Aww. I feel like <laughs> the, the differences, the differences in how she treats me are subtle, but they're huge. And what it, what I've noticed that's very interesting. And it kind of addresses her question about, can you, can you think about yourself and still be, uh, and not be self-entitled? It, it, it makes me, like, for instance, we do this thing where, you know, sometimes one of us needs some alone time. No one gets upset about that. It's not a, why aren't you spending time with me? It's okay. That's what you need. Go ahead and do that. And it's that acceptance that you get from the other person as it's kind of cliched, but accepting you mm -hmm. where you are and who you are and not trying to turn you into somebody else. And I always find that interesting about relationships anyway, is that, you know, it starts out and they're like, oh, he's the perfect person for me. It's the perfect person. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's so like, much. well, we want to change this, and then we want to change that, and then we want to change that. It's like, what happened yeah. to perfect person? Yeah. Where'd that go? Yeah. <laughs> well, the perfect person in their head. Yeah. Until they start to show up <laughs> as themselves, and then they're like, well, um, <laughs> not, yeah, not so perfect. Um, but uh, I mean, I know what it is too. It's funny though. We we, but then that's actually a reflection of us, right? It's actually a reflection of where we don't feel good enough. It's such a thing. Like it's like relationships are like these mirrors. Like every time we're in a relationship with anyone or like relating to something or someone, it's like, you're like almost literally looking at a mirror of yourself. If you're aware enough to understand it and, and, and like take that in and reflect on that and say, how is that true for me? Because it's also true that a lot of times the things that bother us the most are something that inherently inside of us is, is not sitting well about ourselves. Um, and there's like this really good way of thinking about it too. I think about it from the perspective of like secure versus unsecure and everyone's insecure to a degree, right? Like let's, let's be serious. Like there's like, no one's like the most perfect, confident, secure person in the world. But generally speaking, like if you are very insecure, um, you can you can pretty much take everything as though it's it's like a personal offense, and then like really personally, like oh my god, that is about me. Whereas uh, some when you're more secure in yourself, you understand that the action of somebody else has nothing to do with you personally. It's completely about them. Um, but you can still have, you know, an opinion about it like you guys do. Like, I think it's great that we should be able to express an opinion 
we don't have to be trolls about it. Right. Like, you know, cause you could like that experience of the video for me was like deeply traumatic. Um, and I'm strong, like I am a strong woman. I've been through a lot of things, but when I started getting like death threats, I was like, okay, wow. Like this is a lot of this. Is a lot. It's a little bit, much. it's a little yeah, far. It's a little bit, much, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. but to the point where I was like, is this even worth doing? And it starts, you know, what sucks about that is that people don't always understand how much they could impact somebody else. And, um, and again, I'm strong, but somebody who's not, um, you could really like, you could really hurt people do some damage, do huge amounts of damage. I mean, like the anxiety and depression and PTSD rates and stuff that are going on in the mental health field right now are out of control right. because of the internet. Yeah. I, I, I know sure. that, you know, in speaking about, um, relationship issues and things of that nature, we, when we were dating, uh, we told each other everything about our past and we're both really happy that we did because, you know, there's not going to be that moment where something comes up and one of us goes, what, what, did, what is that about? Um, I mean, we've, we've <laughs> both gone into this wi eyes wide open and, um, it makes me wonder like your situation with this video, when you were, when you were giving that talk and going to put out that video, were you at all hesitant about doing it? Well, so here's, here's like a big lesson I learned about videos is when I gave the talk, I gave it in an auditorium in Los Angeles. Um, it was a 20 minute keynote and I talked about all kinds of things. I talked about the ego. I talked about the soul. I talked about how my suppressing my inner voice that was telling me this is not right led to like anorexia and body dysmorphia. And like, I was, you know, like premenopausal when I was 24, like my body, like basically just shut down and my emotional self, like I was like not fun to be around because I was just so unhappy and like couldn't adjust to the culture because I was living in Italy. Like I was just not okay. And I was trying so hard to not let anybody know that I wasn't okay. So I was slowly like, you know, crumpling. I was like self-destructing. Oh my God. I yeah. was self-destructing. And so, you know, so I gave this talk and it's really important because so many of us are like, oh, look at me. I'm perfect. I'm perfectly happy. I'm good. I'm strong. I don't need your help. You know, and we try to put up this like acceptable identity and me personally, I was like, and don't tell me what to do. Cause that was just, you know, my personality. I'm very independent. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. And then finally, when I was just like, I just couldn't handle it anymore. I had a breakdown and, and I had to leave. Um, so that was the talk. And I, I talked about a lot of things. And so then when Goldcast um, found this video that was online, because the producers of the event put it online, which was fine. They took it and condensed it to a five minute video and they pulled only bits of it, right? Cause it's a 20 minute talk and they pulled bits of it and they didn't pull maybe necessarily what I would have pulled. And um, I learned a huge lesson in having creative control because I didn't see the video before it went out. Yeah, that's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so that's hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was crazy. I didn't get to see it. And they were well intentioned, right? And you can't control people and like they can't control people's comments. And right. if, the trolls, if a troll gets a video first, that it's kind of how it goes. And that's how it went. And it's a beautiful video and it's it I got thousands of messages from people all over the world saying thank you for being so courageous and getting on stage and saying what you said, like talking about like you you can't live for other people. But it, in hindsight, 
they should have sent it to me before. And I probably wouldn't have sent it out the way it went out. So that's just a lesson in having creative control. And like, it's exciting when a company is like, Hey, we want to make, you know, we want to make a video. And I just, I had no, I was so naive, right. (laughs) Even with all my business experience, I was so naive because I was so excited. I was like, Oh my God, yes. A motivational video. And and like, they take care of, you know, all the costs. And um, because the other thing is, it's like, some people are like, Oh, look at her. She's making all this money on her, on her video. I'm like, I'm not making a dime. They are because right. they made the video, right? They're making the money. Right. I, didn't make, I didn't make a cent off of this. But yeah, having like making sure you have creative control. But that's also what happens when somebody's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll do it for free. Um, but that's, you give up control when you give away things for free. Yeah. 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 And you just got to be prepared for that. And I, I wasn't, but I, you know, I learned a big lesson and, but yeah, so that's the thing about it is, is there's a lot of misconceptions and just a lot of judgment out there and not, there's a lot of compassion. People messaged me privately, but I think if you go on the comments, you just, it's so overwhelming that I think people stopped kind of defending me or the concept and, you know, it just kind of turned into this, like, I don't know, forum of hate of sorts. I don't know. It's crazy because people who know me, like you're saying, like, I know who loves me. I know I'm true. I know my heart is true. I know my intentions are true. I know I helped millions of people. I mean, it's gotten like, I don't know. It had 30 million views last time I checked in March. (laughs) This fits the theme that our show takes a lot. Like people in general just kind of suck. No, go for it. Go for it. Like, like there are, there are a small selection of absolutely fabulous people and the rest of them (laughs) just suck. It's true. And like the the trolls, like they suck. Like they're all true. And you, you know, it's interesting. I was looking at your blog and you have a post about um, facing judgment from this viral video. And there's a, there's a great question you ask in here. And, and I've asked it myself on social media hundreds of times. Why would anyone be so mean to another person? for no reason. And I make like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a perfect example. We were having a, the very first game. Well, no, it was, it was a game seven. I'm confused now. Was it game seven? No, it was game six of um, Stanley cup playoffs. And my friend is a San Jose sharks fan. I'm a Las Vegas golden Knights fan. And I felt like they got robbed and, I made the comment that, you know, this, this was a situation. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but here's the situation. And this guy out of nowhere is like, you know, you don't look like, you know, I'm 54 years old. I'm well out of my prime. Okay. But he's like, you know, you don't look like you even play any sports. How dare you comment on sports? And I thought to myself, why does he need to make a comment Mm. like that? Mm. Um, I was an athlete Mm. when I was younger but I'm not younger anymore. You know, I, I yeah. I'm realistic about what, what I can do. I still go to the gym. I work out, but come on. Like, why is that the first thing you say to somebody that you, you, I would, the only thing I would have added to your, your question is, and especially someone they just don't know. Like, why yeah. would they do that? Right. Yeah. There's just no need. Yeah. There's no uh, need. There. And that's the thing. And you know what though? I, I honestly, cause I try to take, you know, when I calm down, I try to take a more compassionate approach to, to people because, you know, initially, like, you know, I I am not nice in my head to them either, because if I'm if you're going to attack me, you know, uh, definitely not just going to take it. Um, but I'm also not going to meet you at your level. Like, I'm not going to go down there. Sorry. Um, 
I, I like the light and um, I think those are imps of darkness and I won't go down there. I'm not going to play down there. Um, but there's like studies done and, and I have these because I'm working on a, on a Ted talk and 37% of Americans experienced online hate in 2018. Wow. Only 37, 37, 37% experienced it in this, in these findings. Um, but here's, here's, what's crazy about it. It's up from 18% in 2017. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like double more than double in one year. Cause it is getting out of control and 41% of Americans report being subjected to offensive name calling and 33 report having been embarrassed on purpose. And it's getting so bad, right? Like even for me, I, I really prefer not to use social media networks and it's not because of the video necessarily, but it's gotten really bad. Like I really enjoy my personal time with the people in my life. And, you know, when I'm doing facilitation, you know, I'm doing workshops and like speaking and I do like group work and like, even like a podcast like this, like we're looking at each other on a video and like, to some degree, this is um, more of a personal connection, Um, even though you guys that are listening, you're not going to see our faces, you're going to hear us, but we're looking at each other. Um, (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) you know, and and it's just like, it's a different form of connection. And like the studies also around, like there's the highest degrees of loneliness amongst not only like the older generation, right. Cause those people generally, like we kind of forget about them. Like we're, we're horrible. We just like forget about old people and just leave, leave them there. But then, yeah, and, and and also, but here's the crazy thing. There's an even higher percentage of loneliness and unhappiness, like really deep unhappiness in the like the 20 and younger segment. Well, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I've been cons- ever since, you know, I'm an iPhone user. And one of the updates, like in the last six months, has like this screen, your screen time. And it breaks down what you've been doing. And I've been cons- making a concerted effort to like not have social media be as high as it used to be. Now it's hard because I get a lot of my business by making connections on social media, but I've got a different approach now on how to handle that. But what's interesting is Tori and I went on a, on our date night this past Friday and I threw a new wrinkle at her. And I said, uh, when we get to the restaurant, we're going to leave our phones in the car. And at first she looked a little stressed out by that. It was like, what? I'm going to leave my phone in the car <laughs> only because our car was broken into recently only but because of we're that. Here, we survived. And honestly, <laughs> we had a great time because there was no reason to like, I don't know. I yeah. find that if, if like, if I'm with other people and there's a phone there, what I try to do is put my phone in my pocket because if it's out on the table, I start to fidget and I pick it up and I look at it. And then before long, I realize, Oh, mm-hmm. you're more engaged with your phone. And with the people around you. And yet that's what you're here for is to communicate with other human beings. And you're absolutely right. Like if, if one of my kids asked me, what was the major difference between when I was their age and now I would say that when I was their age, my friends and I would always plan like from beginning in high school in ninth grade, we would have a movie night on a Friday where we would all go to Westwood and go to the movies and kids don't do that anymore it's like pulling teeth to get them to get together and then they say oh well but we communicate a lot we're t- and how do you communicate a lot? oh we're texting all the time yeah but that's not the same thing 
as hearing a person's voice, seeing the look in their eyes, smile on their face, etc. And I mean, honestly, it's why we use this interface for uh, for recording podcasts. There's there's others that have much more features, but I like being able. It's the only one that lets me see the other person. And there's just something there's times where we've got a guest on and they're talking and I can see this look in their face and it makes me think of a question and turns out that that was a question they needed asked. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're just, you're absolutely right. There's just something missing in electronic communication. And it's sad that we mean, you know, generations to come may never recover from that unless they make a concerted effort. And I know honestly, some kids are trying, but like, remember, you know, when I was younger anyway, television was the big thing. Don't let your kids watch so much television. Right. Well, now it's becoming, <laughs> don't let them watch so many videos because they're glued to the phone, staring at a YouTube video for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the hard part is at least when my mom would tell me, you know, turn off the TV you'd turn off the TV and it'd be off. It didn't come with you in your pocket and you can't sneak it and watch <laughs> yeah. it later. You know, um, That's what kids do today. And it's really sad because they're missing out on a very important part of life, which is human interaction. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you have to, people take digital detoxes. Like there's like a whole, like a whole, whole sub segment of, of healthcare, honestly, like that's coming up. And, you know, I can't even tell you, like people will say like, yeah, I'm, you know, I have to using the words addiction and detox and like all these mental health words that, that come around something that was supposed to be a tool um, and, and a channel for, you know, connection, like social media, but now it's really, they're just advert, mostly advertising platforms and, you know, we have to make more of an effort to a literally get outside. Um, and and yeah, you know, like get outside because, and see people and, and not be afraid of them in, in a way like, but it's hard because, you know, there's so much uncertainty. I think that people are really feeling uncertain about everything. Like, I don't know that person. What if, you know, what are they going to, how, what are they going to be like? And what are they going to think of me? And, you know, you can craft, so to speak, an identity online, right? You can, oh, yeah. you can, and it can sure. yeah, it can be a hundred percent different from who you actually are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then people are even less likely to be able to even understand who they are truly like this authentic self, this authenticity that I talk about and, and not in the cliche form, that it gets used a lot, but really like we don't hardly know who we are if we're constantly trying to like craft who we want to be on like this platform and that platform. And right. you know, cause with the, on the marketing side, right. It's like, Oh, what's your messaging for Facebook and what's your messaging for Instagram. And then what's your messaging for LinkedIn and then your own <laughs> blog and then your own newsletter and then your own podcast. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, I have multiple personality disorder. Like, <laughs> My answer to all of that, who are you on Facebook, Instagram? Sarcastic. That's who I am everywhere. Sarcastic. You know what's interesting, though? I was sitting here thinking while you were talking about that. And, you know, social media itself, it's it exploded, obviously. And there's been some well-meaning people who have come up with platforms. And, I, and it's sad. I can't think of the names of them. But YouTube is the only video social media platform that has actually survived. I know a lot of people tried to put together these like platforms where 
you don't write written posts, you use video and you talk to the camera. And there's even been, there's one that used voice only. And the idea was to try to reconnect people in a more meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So the thought being, all right, if I can see you and I can hear your voice, I'm going to connect you in a different way than if you just type to me. Yeah. But nobody does it. Nobody wants to do that. Uh, They want to hide behind, because you know what? You can't hide behind uh, a made up persona if you're on a video speaking directly to somebody. You you can't do that as well. Right. So (laughs) it never really took off. And it's sort of sad when you think about it, because that would be the ideal way to interact with other people is, I mean, like one of the things I love doing and we used to do it when we were long distance dating is FaceTime. I mean, there's something about, you know, you can talk on the phone all you want, but when you can see the other person and you can hear, you can kind of, I I don't want to say it is here though, in a way you can kind of hear their smile through their voice and then you see their smile. And it's just a completely different experience than typed word, because you also run into the problem with typed out words, trying to read tone into it. And, and you know, there may, there may be a tone there, (laughs) but you're never going to figure it out. Uh, It's, it's, it's interesting how, how that works, but everybody tries to do it and then they get mad. I mean, you were talking earlier about people getting the the statistic about people who, what was it? uh, People whose feelings had been severely hurt uh, via something online. What was the statistic? Yeah, um, it was 37% of Americans experienced online hate. So I'm going to say that I don't agree with that statistic. And I'm going to tell you why I don't agree with that statistic. I've run into way too many people who you say something and they're offended. You've offended them. And Mm. and literally what you said wasn't (laughs) offensive. You could say, the sky is blue. Yeah, the sky is blue. I I don't think the sky is blue. How dare you say that? The big one is, you know, we use the term, I've been involved with homeless advocacy on and off for like 25 years. And we use the term NIMBY, not in my backyard. Now, I use that term to literally refer to people who are opposing homeless shelters and helping the homeless. Mm. This person got all upset at me because they said, you know, you're trying to shame people. Well, no, I'm not. I'm using a label to point out which part of this issue you belong to. I'm not trying to shame you. I have no interest in shaming you. Why would I want to shame you? I don't even know you. Um, but but so that's mm-hmm. why I think, you know, 37%, it might be a little high. I may be more like 27%, but it's still high. Like that's more than a quarter of the people. That's a lot. And, yeah. and I feel like yeah. what happens is, unfortunately, People have zero problems typing out something super hateful. And I always try to ask myself when I type something, especially if I'm angry, would I say this to the person's face? Mm -hmm. Because if I wouldn't say it to their face, I shouldn't say it here. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, most people wouldn't. They did a study. They did a study in the UK where they took some people who had been uh, trolled and they put them in a room with the trolls that had trolled them. And these people, the trolls ended up profusely apologizing and apparently were like very unaware of the fact that they had even hurt their feelings. And, you know, and that's a level. Okay. So we're back to, in a way, we're kind of back to self-awareness because like some people legitimately uh, are trying to hurt you. Like they know exactly what they're saying. Um, And then there's like a whole subset of people who also have, I think uh, very strange 
distorted uh, understandings of what it means to put yourself out there. So if you, let's say, do a video, you are there for some other type of person, right? Um, and you're this public figure and you're such and such a thing, whatever they think you are, therefore you're allowed to be trolled, whatever, you know, like you do a podcast, you have, you're, you're such and such a person, which with this and that other label and this and that other box, and you just get categorized and they don't see you as a person anymore. You're not a person. And that's the problem is like, it's, there's this like dehumanization because yeah, in, in real life, nobody would say that unless they were, you know, obviously extremely heated or if there was a really good reason to be hateful. But, you know, there's this, there's this like layer of dehumanization that happens with any content that's online and feelings are thrown out the window. And in reality, they're not the, for the people receiving it, they're not thrown out the window. We were talking a little bit in the beginning here about self-entitlement and I'm going to kind of bring it full circle. We, you know, we have a podcast network. We have multiple podcast shows. We have some other people who have their shows on our network and we have a very strict rule. Um, we have an Instagram account with like close to 5,000 followers that we've worked really hard to build. And I'm talking real people. I'm not talking about robots yeah. that follow us. I'm talking real people who actually <laughs> engage with us. We get, I get five messages every time I check the darn thing. And that's twice a day. And interestingly, we, we, we have this rule. If you are not a guest, if you've never been a guest on the show, we don't shout you out. Everybody wants to, they see the 5,000 yeah. followers and they want to shout out. Well, no, we won't do that because you haven't been on our show. We don't know you. So why are we going to shout you out? Yeah. Uh, and we know what it's about. We have more followers. You have a hundred followers. We yeah. have 5,000. You want our followers to know about you. Well, great. Mm -hmm. But what are you giving to them? That's kind of why we came up with the policy. And we, we enforce that policy very strictly because we don't want to be hypocrites. Well, Victoria gets a message one day on there. Oh my gosh. We both check them. And like this guy asks, Hey, you know, can I, can I get a shout out? Mm -hmm. And Victoria very nicely said, well, you know, you've never been on our, sh on one of our shows. And so that's kind of our policy. And she even said to him, we'd be glad, you know, if you've got something interesting to talk about, we'd be glad to find which one of our shows would fit you. You can come on and we'll shout you out all you want. I mean, we even, we even usually like take, when we have a guest, we'll usually take their, their headshot and that becomes the Instagram post for right. that episode so that they're, they're getting promoted as well. Well, this guy went away for a long time. Like and six months. One, and then all of a sudden one day came back and asked again for a shout out. She again consistently told him, no, you know, you've never been a guest and I offered and you never even followed up. He <laughs> said, y'all are racists. Oh, no. Called us racist no. because we wouldn't have him. No. And I mean, he was a person of color. Am I correct? Was I right about that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're racist because oh. we're white and he's not. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't give him a shout out. Never once did he consider what she said, which is we have a rule, <gasps> but, but see the rule doesn't uh, matter because he wanted a shout out right. and he should have gotten that. Right. But anyway, th this has been great. You know, I've got to tell you, you have a new fan. I'm definitely, I, I've been browsing while we've been talking on and off. I've been browsing your, your blog and I haven't actually been able to read it because we're busy talking, but <laughs> we don't follow you on Instagram. You've got a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff on here. And, um, I really, I'm intrigued. I'm going to find out more and more about you. I can yeah. tell you that. Um, and you know, your, your story about the video thing, it's going to hit home with a lot of people because they may not have had, you know, 
a, a video with 30 million views, that's you're kind of in a in a different spectrum when it comes to that. But at which I'm sure only multiplied it by say 30 million. Um, the the, <laughs> the negative effect, you know. but but yeah, but every, like you said, someone <laughs> posts something online and someone someone makes fun of it or. Their phone changes how the spelling of a word is, and then they get beat up for that. And yeah, it's it's just annoying and beyond belief. But why don't you tell people where they can find you, how how they can get in touch if they want to, and uh, all that fun stuff. Yeah, well, thanks for all of that. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on and speak about it. Also, in like a, a more, I guess, a fun, a more real way. Cause sometimes it's um, not the easiest to be able to sure. take a more lighthearted approach, you know? Cause it's like, like I said, it's like, you know, you want to be, you know, I don't want to lower myself, but at the same time, it's like, you have to also lift yourself out of it and, and having like these real conversations really helps that. So thank you. And I do believe that like meaning and inner meaning and living for meaning um, triumphs over meanness. So all those nasty trolls, um, you can't win. So if anybody's listening to this and they're afraid to put themselves out there or they're dealing with any kind of adversity, like don't let it get you down. Like, trust me, like it doesn't get worse. I mean, maybe Monica Lewinsky, but it doesn't really get much worse than <laughs> how I felt. Okay. And I got over it. And so did she, she gave an amazing Ted talk, by the way, like you can get over it. Don't let it get you down. So that's my little, that's my little being on a, what do they call it? Little, um, little box, little rant. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, my name, Adapia, Adapia Dorico, if you stick that in your browser, um, I, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, so I have a website, uh, I do speaking, I'm writing, I have a book coming out later this year. That's all about what I learned, um, through the process of digging my soul out from under my ego when I told that story and went on stage and yeah, I'm pretty easy to find, um, you know, hit me up, be nice and I'll answer. <laughs> and if you're not nice, I won't. <laughs> Cause that's how I roll. If you're not nice it. to her, she'll send you to me and I'm never nice to anyone who sends me nasty messages. So <laughs> she, she legit has to run messages by me sometimes for oh wow uh, for me to tone down because she gets she gets a little bit upset but what's great she gets upset but she once she has her say she lets it go mm. um that's that's something i've learned from her is to let it go i mean yeah. i mentioned the story about running for office and having somebody completely troll me and make up a bunch of stories and and i just literally at first I was more afraid that, you know, my address is public knowledge. Uh, I don't she want her to come in here, us. And, you know, hurting us, you know, yeah. uh, that, we, we actually started walking our dog at that point in time at night. He goes out multiple times a day, but in the nighttime walk, we walked him in the apartment complex. So we'd have a better view of whatever was happening because we didn't want someone coming by in a car and shooting at us or whatever. And that's how scary it gets. I mean, I'm sure you understand yeah. that after all the hate you've gotten. Yeah. But then, it, but then there came a point where it switched from fear to anger. And I was like, why am I letting this person dictate what I do? And, you know, they're winning. And so now it's now like, she's a punchline. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Now it's like the punchline to a joke, essentially. Um, so, but yeah. thank you so much for exactly. being on. I mean, you've, you've given us some great insights, great conversation. And I think, I think we kind of tend to think a bit alike. Um, and we really appreciate it. And you're right. It, it, Listeners, if you just put her name in and it'll be her name, spelling of her name will be in the show notes. 
But if you put her name into Google, you'll, you'll easily find her. And she's got kind of a unique name. So, and she has a domain name that is her name. So that's perfect. So easy to find. So thanks very much again for being on. Just wanted to mention to people that, you know, Yogi's podcast network, it's a growing, yeah. it's a growing network. If you have a podcast and you want to bring it onto our network, we give you a lot of great support. We have some virtual assistants that help with your social media. So right away you get that for free and uh, it's, it's super helpful and helps promote your show. So, but honey, over here, I got two sleeping dogs. So well, what does that but mean? I, I have to finish my Felicia story. You kind of cut me off earlier. Oh, did I? Okay. I'm sorry. We, Go ahead. We, we came home at two and the bags are still there. And I'm just like, nope, she's getting them back. I dropped them off in front of her apartment. And with that, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Hi, everyone. This is Mike. And I truly hope you enjoyed this show. You're able to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher so as to never miss an episode. If, by chance, you did miss an episode here or there, you can catch up on all shows, past and present, by heading over to yogispodcastnetwork.com forward slash TNR show. Thanks for listening.